You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We're in that hangover period. Oh, you're assuming I'm not going to be able to get this this thing out on time? I was going to say, Happy 2020. Are you enjoying listening to this as you open your gifts? (laughs) Hey, I'm Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. I was just looking here, I was going to tell you guys, I'm reading a book right now, and I wanted to recommend it to With pictures or without pictures? Uh... There's actually, it looks like there's a little thing in the middle with some pictures, but I haven't got to them yet. That's a happy I'm saving meeting. them. I'm saving <clears throat> them. It's, it's big, but it's, somebody had mentioned it was good. It's called Console Wars, and it's about Sega versus Nintendo back in the late 80s, early 90s, and it's like all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, it is so good. It's it. Is way, way better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like It's so good listening to how they were... You know, just trying to outdo each other and steal each other's employees and all this stuff. It's it's great. So if you have any interest in that stuff, like I just have a peripheral interest in, in it, you know, and it still is riveting to me. I've just burnt through it. I'm about halfway through and just like the last couple of days and man. What, what little we've talked about video games on this show... It seems to be everyone was either a Nintendo house or a right. Sega house. It, yes. was, it was rare to have a full setup of everything. So, yeah, I'm or sure, I'm sure an was Atari that. house. Or Atari yeah, house. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's like Coke Pepsi divide. It's either it's yeah. GI Joe Transformers. It's one yeah. or the other. Yeah, this that's definitely it. But this is this. It's mostly from the Sega perspective, and they're you know the the cool company basically is how it comes off, and and it, it's I mean it's. They're definitely the underdog, and it's really interesting to see how they change things around there or, you know, made a move on Nintendo who was very strict the way they did things, you know, the way it was ran by the those guys. And anyway, it's great. It was great. Sweet. Just under the wire, we've talked about one book this year. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. cover pop culture in, <laughs> yeah, all, one. in all its width and breadth. Yeah. And sometimes we read a book. <laughs> yeah, I just really think that I, anybody listening to us, what you know, really was in, you know playing those games at that time, and we'll definitely be like, oh, this you know, just get so much information behind things that you're familiar with. So I definitely recommend it. I like it. One book. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Violence in the streams. That is what we are. Cross the streams. What do you have, streamer? <laughs> I'm going to throw a curveball right out of the bat. Ooh. Uh-oh. Watch a little Bruce Springsteen. Oh! Oh, I was going to suggest, I was going to say, here's your gift, Coach Mayor. I got yeah. two things for you. Springsteen and Watership Down. <laughs> he ought to be having a good Christmas right about now. Yeah, I, I is I just I ugh, just saw the preview on Netflix like last night when I went to bed and I was like, 
Well, this looks very interesting. Yeah, he's been doing a, a what's called Springsteen on Broadway. He's been doing a, a, a show on Broadway, as advertised. And <laughs> so Netflix is, is carrying it. And I've seen a couple people on my Facebook feed, you know, very few people are casual Bruce fans. Like, mm-hmm. they are, you are either right. really into it or you know a couple songs. That and people have been, songs. like, I heard someone was like, I've never cried during 10th Avenue Freeze Out before. Like, people, like, this is, like, hitting <laughs> yeah. them hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've gotten through about half of it. I turn it on, you know, a couple different times throughout the day. It's two and a half hours long. It's just him on a stage by himself in a black T-shirt. Minimal lighting, no set. Just either he's at a, at a piano or playing a guitar. And kind of telling stories, mm-hmm. talking about his mom and his dad, and growing up, and his friends, and his first band, and all this stuff. And I, I really liked how it started. He, he he reveals he calls it his magic trick. And he was like, "I've never worked a nine to five job in my life. <laughs> I don't know what the inside of a factory looks like." He's like, "I just sing about it. I'm not working hard. <laughs> I, the people who are working hard are the, you know, they're the ones I'm singing about. But I've never been that person." And I appreciate, like, okay, that's cool. He's not trying to pass himself yeah. off as something else. He finally isn't trying to pass himself off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had heard it was really good. Someone else had said that. I'm not a huge fan, yeah, but I, I've been enjoying it. And it's, I think it's a lot of stories that he, his, uh, his autobiography just came out, I think, last year. Mm. So I'm sure it's a lot of the same kind right. of stories. <clears throat> yeah, he did a big tour and did some book signings with that, too. I remember when that was happening. Yeah, Jared, my brother... I still remember he came to me after becoming a father and realizing he needed to get more into dad rock. And he, and he's just, I, it was just a solemn moment. He's like, I don't think I've given Bruce Springsteen enough of a chance. <laughs> I was like, well, you need to remedy that. So, oh, so he's he's and he's he's really into him. And I I, I like I, I you know I've, he's always been good, but there, there's he has so much more than typical like arena rock. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Yeah, so he's a troubadour, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for a let's say a casual Bruce fan, I still enjoyed what I saw. So yeah, I'd, Netflix I'd consider. Now. We'll see how desperate I get. <laughs> what else? Oh, speaking of things we've half watched, oh, um, great. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a lot of that this week. Yeah, might be. It's been busy. Holidays are busy time. Uh, I have one. I was just saying, I have one episode left of Shira on Netflix. So. Has been watching you, Adora. He thinks you are a fine candidate for force, Captain. You've been promoted? Your mission is to destroy the princess's rebellion. This is what I've been working for my entire life. I wonder what's even outside the fright zone. We're gonna see the world and conquer it. Catra, slow down! Adora. Oh, our planet needs you. Cool. The sword has chosen you. The time has come for your destiny. Gorma? I see her, bro. All I did was pick up the sword and then whoosh! I'm in a tiara! We can't Um, for as far as uh, animation goes and and um it the more I watch this silly show for kids, the more I like it. Um, the animation still isn't great, like we've talked about all that stuff, but but it does have a nice message, especially for for younger kids. Um, 
and I like like I said before I like some of the changes they've made with the uh, all the princesses being connected um, all the princesses being um, more or less guardians of, of the Etheria, the planet uh, she's on now, instead of just her always being, you know, the the big white knight on the big white horse, who happens to talk now in the new series, Swift Swift Wind speaks, and it's stop the press. Yeah, so um, so I, is I'm there still any merchandise to, out there. Are they are they. I'm are sure they there is, to cash but in I, on that, or are they behind? My kids are a little older now. I'm not yeah. a frequent flyer of the toy aisle anymore. Oh, we're straight to Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, we're... Yeah. <laughs> right to Hot Topic. Oh, was that for uh, Carly? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. We're doing a show. Uh, um, <laughs> he sent us a picture the other day of the red jacket. Cheryl. Where'd you find that? Hot Topic. <laughs> oh, man. That's all I was like, that is going to be the best Christmas ever. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I stopped. Actually, I saw Cliff at the mall that Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I stopped I gotta in. tell you. Well, wait. I was a little disappointed when he gave us each a gift a little bit ago. And I, as soon as he handed it to me, I was like, this is not going to be the jacket. <laughs> I, I may have spoiled you guys last year with the little Southside Serpent patches I bought everybody. Still displayed proudly. But no, I stopped in a Hot Topic. And the girl yeah. working there, someone who shops at my store, she's like, "Oh, hey, yeah. how's it going? Anything I can help you find?" And I was just like, "I need all the Riverdale you got. We're pointing <laughs> in the direction of Riverdale." Wow, uh, it's gonna be Riverdale Christmas. Changing montage. That's <laughs> <laughs> been awesome. And like I threw my Jughead hat like Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, what else? What else are we watching? Um. We had a, a holiday episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and they had just announced it's had a uh, it's been renewed for two more seasons. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more Sabrina on the way. They and settled their um, settled down their uh, lawsuit with um, the Satanic Temple. Yeah, yeah. Did we ever talk about that? I don't think we did. Yeah, the the large statue in the the the, the witch school. Looks suspiciously, exactly, <laughs> allegedly, like a statue the Satanic Temple erected, fighting the bear thing, fighting right. Yeah. <laughs> Deep cut number one of the night. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, fighting church versus state, mm-hmm. you know, conflict of you know if you can have Ten Commandments, we can have a statue of Baphomet, the you know, the demon. But the statue they made is a direct copy of it. So that has been figured out. Yeah, Netflix shelled out some oh, money for that, I'm sure. Straight to Satan's coffers. Right. <laughs> if, they, if they can spend $100 million on Friends. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I watched a show on Prime mm-hmm. called Inside Jokes, which was is a, I mean, it's not, I guess a documentary or whatever. It's like eight episodes, I think. It's about the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal where they... Supposedly, that's the place that they find all the new comic talent each year, and it was just they followed like five different comedians trying to get accepted to go to that, and then had them performing there, and just just their journey through Mm -hmm. that experience, and who kind of did the best, and who didn't make it, and stuff, and it was pretty good. So if you like, if you're a comedy fan, it's a it's a good true life thing. See some up-and-coming comedians 
And I watched, um, finished up this morning, uh, season one of Titans on DC Universe. And um, they kind of, <clears throat> anyone that hasn't watched any of the seasons so far, if you saw, remember the trailer, started out with the infamous Robin, you know, derogatory mark towards Batman. And in this last episode, the big uh, hype going into it was they were going to show Batman. And Robin was going to fight Batman. He was going to what, Batman? <laughs> he was going to fight him. You should bleep that. Yeah. Fight him. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel. Finally going to Batman. <laughs> and uh, so, so I was like, well, I see what this is all about. Because I've been telling Michael, because he's, he's been watching it. Um, as they come out too. So this is the show with Cyborg, right? No, we'll I thought to, Titan. No, would. we'll get that in a minute. <laughs> I just like to throw a wrench. In there. <laughs> no, um, the the this season has been about finding Raven and protecting her against we don't know what. We thought it was these bad people when we did away with them and got rid of them and and uh, just to come to find out that the big bad is Trigon, her father Trigon. It's a very overdone Titan story. Seems like every time there's a new cartoon, Titans come out, that's, you know, the the go-to. So, we've gotten to the point where uh, we're... Every, basically, every other episode is good. I don't remember if I mentioned that or not. <laughs> but you can pretty much count on every odd number episode being good. Okay, or even I don't whichever way it goes. So the last episode wasn't great. It, it was more or less Corey finding out who she is a little bit and remembering why because she has no memory. All she knows is she's supposed to find Raven. Okay. So, anyways, um, we found Raven and they've accidentally re- released Trigon. Okay, that's where we left off. And then this this episode, do picks, we do we see Trigon? Um, not like you. It's it's just a guy. Oh. Try. There's no. Wasn't that a short pants character? <laughs> What's that? I'm serious. I'm a- asking. Then you guys have some try somebody in there. Try Sarah Lad. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Who so. became Try Sarah Man? Oh, he, tri- yeah. For, uh, he yeah. being a kid sidekick. Yeah. Find all about it on lowwords.wordpress.com. Yeah. Some websites. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes, streaming now on Prime. There it is. (laughs) So they release Trigon, and we open up, and Dick is um, Dick is found himself in a make-believe world where he is he has married with a child to Dawn from Hawk and Dove. That seemed from what. The tone I've seen of that show doesn't that doesn't seem. That's why every other episode. It's, that's weird. It goes back and forth, um, and he's living this his, his best life, and uh, out in California somewhere, and he ends up being called back to Gotham and hasn't been there in years. It's five years. We've we've done a five year time jump, and he has to go back to Gotham because Batman has is going to kill the Joker. That's what brings him back, and then he ends up trying to 
bring Bruce back to you know the the but good side. The trailer famously had Robin kill a bunch of people who are yeah. not anywhere nearly as bad as the Joker. Yeah. Well, and, and that's addressed. You know, he he, he, he learned his lesson. And yeah, he, he's okay. mentioned. I've been. You know, I've been there. I've done this, and it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything for you. You don't gain what you think you're going to gain out of it. So. So what's the next? Is Doom Patrol the next? thing launching yeah on, doom on patrol is coming very soon um the we other just, big we just thing, got some photos of yeah costumes and cast and which the doom patrol episode they did as the backdoor pilot was mm-hmm. i i talked michael and i talked about it we both loved it it's one of our favorite episodes the hawk and dove um two episodes and the doom patrol were probably both of our favorites which had nothing to do with the actual titans characters <laughs> if that tells you a little about the series but um the last thing I want to say, watch it all the way to the end. There is an extra credit scene at the very end of the last episode of season one. You guys want to know who shows up? Do it. Okay. So we've already seen, we've had Dick Grayson. We've had Jason Todd. We've got um, Starfire. We've got Beast Boy. We've got the Doom Patrol, Hawk and Dove. Um, who else has been on it? Many other characters have been mentioned. Okay, Raven. We already mentioned all her. At the very end of the seer, all the credits have rolled, and we find ourselves there's a lab, and we see a very muscular young man, kind of naked, meandering around this lab in Metropolis. And he's breaking out, and he walks over, and sure enough, who's there in a cage but Crypto, the super dog. And Superboy Connor walks over, and he breaks open that cage. And so season two, we've got a very muscular He-Man of a super lad. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Well, you're just in DC heaven. (laughs) It was great. And then after I watched all that, I, I... Hopped on Facebook and I got to see the the Doom Patrol stuff. Oh, the Cyborg is great. I said none of these things ever look great. Even the biggest budget Marvel or DC movie, just a still photo in bright, harsh lighting, mm-hmm. doesn't always look good. And then when they're in motion and moving around, oh, it's always better. But every Entertainment Weekly cover ever, <laughs> ever, ever <laughs> is terrible. Now, did you guys yeah. watch the little video? Of the where they're having their portrait taken, yeah, oh, just yeah. kind of nodding yeah. and smiling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That thing I said about motion making it look better. <sighs> yeah, disregard. Do you guys <laughs> pre- do you prefer the overly CGI stuff like Marvel does on in their movies, or do you like the more practical look of stuff? There's got to be a happy medium. <laughs> I generally would prefer practical. I do but too. I, looking I just, at yeah. Robot Man, for some reason, the first thing I thought mm-hmm. was Howard the Duck. I don't, something about his jaw and the way his face oh, moved. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's of like 19, the 1980s Howard the Duck movie. Yeah. For, I don't know why hmm. that stuck. Well, I mean, in my they head. have to go practical with this TV stuff, and and I, I think I just it would be nice if the budget was bigger or something because I feel like a lot of these shows are just missing some. It's just so hokey because they don't have money to be serious. Right, right. Yeah, and that's so, the so big get flaw. Out, get out there and subscribe, everyone. That's right, they need you your pay money. that. Pay that. 10 bucks a month. Hey, speaking of practical effects, segue Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Mm, we got our first yeah. info about that. I was promised a trailer and we didn't quite get yeah. that. 
Uh, coming to Netflix early this year, next year, whenever mm-hmm. this episode comes out. Oh t- my gosh, you're, t- put, you're pushing it back to next <laughs> year? A 10-episode prequel to the 1982 Jim Henson movie. Uh, is anybody a fan? Dark we, Crystal? Oh yeah, I love Dark Crystal. I, I don't think I ever watched the whole thing yeah. as a kid. Like, I, I, It was in theaters this year again, and I, if it had been more convenient, I intended to try to see it. But oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I loved it. I, I, I've said before, I, I think more people seem to gravitate toward Labyrinth. Like, I oh, see, no. I see more references to that in pop culture, mm-hmm. but I was always a bigger fan of Dark Crystal. Yeah. I love the lady with the eye. So we got a little bit of information that's going to take place, <laughs> quote, many years, unquote, before the events of the original. When three Gelfling discover the horrifying secret behind the Skeksis' power, they set out on an epic journey to ignite the fires of rebellion and save their world. And it's supposed to combine puppetry with a little bit of digital. Uh, they're going to enhance it with you know digital mm-hmm. and visual mm-hmm. effects, but it's supposed to be mostly you know practical puppetry. And the leads are Taron Edgerton, uh, the guy from Kingsman, mm-hmm. Anna Taylor Joy from, oh, yeah. from The Witch, and so a couple and of New Mutants that may never come out. Right. <laughs> and uh, Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones. I'm not sure who she plays on that. Oh, I'll look at it. Na- Natalie, N A T H A Y. And then we've got other voices. Mark Hamill. This is just. I had to cut out about half of these. Yeah. I, I didn't really know, but we got Mark Hamill, Andy Samberg. Natalie Dormer, Helena Bonham Carter, Eddie Izzard, Toby Jones, Mark Strong, Alicia Vic- Vikander, Harvey Firestein, Jason Isaacs, <laughs> Keegan-Michael Key, and Simon Pegg. That's just the highlight yeah. <laughs> of voice cast from that. So Yeah, huge cast. I'm I'm hyped. It seems to have yeah, full... Heck yeah. yeah, Netflix is going to throw a lot of money at it. Oh. Henson Company is going to, you know... Be yep. behind everything, so I'm I'm hyped for it. Yeah, she played uh, Masandi on Game of Thrones. She was like dating. Yeah, the dating the guy with ne- Daenerys. Daenerys's handmaiden or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, dating. What She's was the, the guy's name? Worm or something? Uh, Grey Worm. Grey Worm. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. He Grey was. Uh, he was unsullied. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good save because I might have said something. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to talk to talk about in streaming, real quick, I got to talk about Voltron season eight. Oh, you got to. This is not going to be quick. Yeah, yeah. this would be quick. Because I, I don't want to give. I don't want to give too much away. About you this have one. built this so high up. <sighs> it's so good. I'm ha- I'm so happy you've found like so much. I don't know this. how That's great. I don't know how you haven't check this out like but i i, didn't, talk, did you, I mean i forget we talked about it for so long let's refresh you, yeah you, were you a fan of this property like as a kid did you have any I, yes. toys or merchandise uh, you, so the, you were familiar with it going in if michael was here right now he would explain to you that how i had the the voltron i had all the lions the in the 80s the the, the plastic version came out and it had the matching figures that you could actually fit into the lion you know that Whichever, whoever belonged, you, you know, Keith went to the Black Lion and Lance to the Red and that type of thing. <clears throat> um, and they actually combined. They were, I mean, it was a fun toy. And they had all the, the, <laughs> uh, the, the sword and the mouth blades and all that for the Lions. Um, so some of this love is nostalgia. Sure, yeah. But you're also saying it's the quality is there. It absolutely started. I was excited 
because of the nostalgia coming, you know, I was like, oh, they're bringing this back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love this. Yeah, I remember the name and that's it. I, didn't, I never yeah. knew anything about Voltron. So, well, Michael and I would have been about the perfect age when this was big in the 80s and, this, mm-hmm. you know, airing. Because there, there's actually, what, there's three, there's three versions of Voltron? Oh, yeah. please okay. give us the whole well the one everybody knows is is are the lions go lion then there's vehicle voltron which was actually the first voltron and the lion lions were the third and there was another one in between which i want to say michael was screaming at right now well if he ever listened to it he would be. <laughs> Um, but anyways, there were, there were three Voltron forces, okay? So, listeners, please correct anything he got wrong. Yes, please. Yeah. Please, in excruciating detail, yes. tell us everything Cliff just Well, I only wrong. had the lions. I didn't have the vehicle, 18 vehicle that made up the, the other robots. <clears throat> but, yeah, this is season eight. It's been... Eighth and final. This is it. We're done. So yeah, we right. have a beginning, Mark? middle, and end. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. You five were brought here for a reason. It's like some energy was telling me to search. I've been picking up alien radio chatter. You will form the most powerful warrior ever known. I can't be the only one who sees that this is nuts, right? Everyone, get to your lions. We're going in. The defender of the universe. We've been through more than you could ever imagine. We are the universe's only hope. Voltron is stronger now more than ever. We've done everything we can to prepare us for this this is our chance to promote a new era. They brought us together as friends. One word is like making a deal with the devil. It is time to end this war. It is too late to stop what is coming. <laughs> um, Seth would hate it because of all the. There are so many characters in this. And and they're not well, well. I don't like characters. No, but I mean, <laughs> you're famous for hating. Characters. I guess you hate characters, but <laughs> wow. it's not a very color coded characters. Especially. It's it's a very I always want to say it's a very DC thing where there, oh, there will okay. be a character in this episode and they do one little thing and then three years later we see them again, and you know, the, you kind of have to. There's a lot into it. It's kind of like watching Game of Thrones. I mean, that's a really wow. silly comparison. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you kind of have to be, at your, you know, about your wits a little bit to remember who all was who and who did what. And and you have different dimensions happening now in, in this season all at once. And, well, that's happened a couple of times. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Don't get getting on a. Yep. <laughs> stay on target. <laughs> so, yeah, seasons one, two, three onward have all. They've. <laughs> four, you, five, you, six. you can count. <laughs> it was good. You liked it. You liked it, guys. But, but the, it's, it's, it's building all this one story. They do a really nice job of. Having these little episodes, these little odd episodes, where you pick up this character, that character, and and you think, well, that was just a weird thing. You know, if I was a little kid, I'd be like, oh, that was funny. That guy was funny. We're done with him. And they're they're always bringing him back. They always have um, some sort of significance into the story. <clears throat> and on top of all this, you've got all this. They've they've done a really good job for an animated show of developing these characters from where they started. You know, and 
all these horrible things and good things that happen to them that change these characters. They're they're never who end up, you know, where where they started. Even with especially with Keith, he goes on, you know, for at least one season. He he or maybe two. He's off. You know, he's not even really part of Voltron. He's doing his own thing, making his own discoveries about who so what, he did, is. Did the line just hop around with one leg or something? Where? No. <laughs> That's what I was picturing. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta find Keith, you guys. <laughs> Keith the leg. Yeah. And so, you've you said it's a very diverse cast, and, and that was of... a big thing. That's why a lot of people took uh, a liking to this one was because it was. LB go for it. <laughs> LGBTQ. There we go. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so on, so on. Um, in that community, though, they really they were you know praising this show a lot for being so inclusive, for showing um, all types of people, you know, and and all types of preferences um, across the board. And then in this, the end of the last the last episode of last season seven. Um, they got into a little bit of trouble where the people didn't like a certain thing that happened and felt that they kind of blew off this one character as a we're not going to explore it as far as we should as far as we would like so this year they've kind of had there's been a little bit of a you know upset fans um, I, I was reading tonight you know they were saying in the epilogue uh, after everything's done we've saved the all of reality that's what happens and and our story is ended and we have this beautiful epilogue except for one character who is obviously gay we know he's gay he's been, had relationships with other men before and they just kind of shove it in as everybody you know this is what happens to our team this is how the, how they spend the rest of their lives and we just get this kind of oh shiro got married and to a character we have no idea who this is so we spent all this time developing all these characters except this one yeah and then they just kind of it just kind of felt like they threw it in there just to try and make that crowd happy so um well i'm glad because i i i a lot of times when you can just smell the cash grab nostalgia because it's so easy to just hey people know this property do it so when it actually manages to build on the original and be quality the same way i thought about the recent ninja turtles animation like that had no reason to be really good Mm -hmm. like just cash in it's a show for kids the adults who loved it when they were growing up will watch it whatever but then it ended up being really well done so i I, i'm i'm glad when things can start with nostalgia but build their own i'm always excited when we because these companies know if they throw whatever 80s property out at us that grew up on that we're going to snatch it up <clears throat> no matter if it's good or bad and uh, I'm always a little leery I'm always like well I'm, that sounds really cool but I'm sure it's not as good as the original and so for potentially the last time <coughs> yes let's hear the tag catchphrase best Marvel movie animated goosebumps <laughs> M- MKE 2019 TM. <laughs> he confirmed it the other night. Great. <laughs> Any more TV? Lord of Streaming? streaming. What are we doing? That was streaming? We're still no, streaming. streaming. Oh my God. 
been the longest episode of my life. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember what's next. You don't remember where we're going? TV. TV. Over the Lord. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, Barry, run. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Aha. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Groovy. Are you guys still watching TV? Just for the sake of this taking forever? No. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been watching much. I haven't either. So. I've been watching Christmas movies. Tis the season. Cool. Skip it. <laughs> well, we had one. Oh, we had one <laughs> major was, thing to talk oh, about. Oh, I was really yeah. hoping we'd get past that. Okay. Yeah, we got we got to talk about this mess called the CW crossover event 2018. Something is wrong with reality. I love you, Barry Allen. Everyone on Earth thinks we're each other. You did this to us. You can undo it. Why would I want to? What's happening? He's rewriting reality again. Enough! You will not do to this Earth what you did to mine. I offered you godhood. Show them what a real god can do. I think Seth checked out like half an hour ago. Yeah, he did. (laughs) We put these in the wrong order. (laughs) Elseworlds. The three-part... Would you call it a miniseries? Uh, Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. The annual event. Which generally we have liked. They yeah. always, they're always exciting. They're always fun. I got a lot of problems with this really? thing. Okay. <laughs> it was really bad. All right, so it was three parts long, and your first and major problem is it leaves out the legends completely. Yeah, there you go. Strike so, one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow are not included, so we moved Flash over to Sunday for part one. Yep. So we rejiggered the lineup a little bit, so part one... What do we introduce? Jeremy Davies, an actor I really like mm-hmm. uh, from Lost. He was kind of the squirrely, twitchy guy from <laughs> Lost, and also Justified. Awesome mullet. Yes. So he played John Deegan. Are you familiar with this character? Uh, not John. I know John D. Yeah, from the comics, it's John D. Yeah. I'm not sure why the yeah, change. No. Eh. Doctor Destiny. Mm-hmm. First appearance in 1961 in Justice League of America number five. Awesome. So it's a classic yep. villain from a long time ago. Created by Gardner Fox and Mike Stokowski. Um, I was most familiar with him from like the Vertigo. From, from Monsters, Inc. Mike Stokowski. <laughs> That's someone I got with. Wizowski. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so he, he played an important part in the Sandman series by Neil Gaiman. Uh, he was in Arkham Asylum, the Grant Morrison story. Uh, so I'm I, I've read some things with him, but none yeah. of the real classic Justice League stuff. And he was in the the most recent the Justice League Dark cartoon. Right. They never named him Doctor Destiny, no. but he was in that uh, voiced by Alfred Molina. So yeah, in the comics, he has this device that can uh, create dreams and manipulate mm. dreams and turn them into reality and mess with people. They retconned it uh, when Sandman came out that he it was the the Dreamstone of Morpheus how he got this power so there's a very famous issue early in Sandman 
Uh, he goes into a diner and has to confront this guy who's just been sitting in a diner for 24 hours making people do awful, horrible things to each other. Um, so, yeah, that's we didn't get much of that. I'm not sure what. He yeah. was just kind of in the show. He was just given this book of destiny or whatever they yeah. would call it by the, the, monitor. By the monitor. Which looked so bad. <laughs> that was better than Doom Patrol. Really? <laughs> I did not like the look of the, of the monitor. He had that weird... This, uh, well, it did not looks, work for me. He looks silly in the comics. I don't know how you can well, translate I'm, that. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but... Uh, so yeah, the monitor, famous for you know, the 1980s crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, yeah. Kind of showed up to... to He's Kind of like the Watcher, Marvel comics. The mm-hmm. monitors keep track of the multiverse. And when he showed up, you knew something important was going to happen there. So, yeah. so he gives Doctor Destiny the Book of Destiny, so he can rewrite reality. And he immediately switches Barry Allen and Oliver Queen. So, so you have a book that can do literally anything. That's what you do. That's it. <laughs> and they they didn't even do. I think it would have been more fun to see like Grant Gustin acting like Stephen Amell and vice versa. Like, yes, they yes. just put them in each other's bonds. Like, well, I'm the Green Lantern. Weird. Oh. And there was no. I guess there was a little bit as it went, but Amazo. Well, <laughs> you have failed the city. <laughs> was that line, they lost me right there? I was that, like, that nope, line, I'm done. This is it awful. Was shoehorned in. There it was awful. Bad. So yeah, we were in uh, Professor Ivo's lab. We got a Mazo showed up, which was cool. Yeah, I yeah. like uh, that. That was awesome. They they go and they get Kara Zor El and Superman from Earth thirty eight. Bring to them over. Smallville Farm. Been over this, hon. No, you talked, I ignored. You need a new muffler. I think this is a tie rod end. Come on, Kara, back me up here. Joe thinks I know better than to get involved in a debate. To, again, the Kent Farm from Smallville. And they actually played the theme song. Yeah. Somebody say. <laughs> but it was so. <laughs> Which was almost they, that was almost worse than the you have failed this yes it, I felt like not only did they play that song as soon as we see the Kent farm I think they turned the volume all the way up <laughs> like everybody everybody <laughs> we're playing the song <laughs> I had high hopes when that song hit for yeah for a split second I'm like well maybe is Tom, Tom Welling there Tom Welling? yeah no, no that's not gonna happen no. but we got Lois yeah, brand new Lois was interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah, that was odd. She was fine. I like that Lois and Clark dynamic between the two actors. I she she kind of reminded me of Margot Kidder. She had she that, did that she kind looked of look to yeah. her. So I like that. Now, did you know she was like four months pregnant? No, when they shot that. No, yeah. So is that they why did a, they hit it well? But yeah, okay. they. <clears throat> they wrote it into the I wonder story. why he was holding his cape out in front of her stomach the whole time. <laughs> That's just a normal Superman thing to do. <laughs> no, I did like that uh, um the whole their whole story of it. You know, because we never get much Superman and I'm fu- I know Seth says he's too little, but 
I'm fine with that guy. I like he, I like his clerk. I like his Superman. He, he, he for TV it works for me. And I, I think I read somewhere that this was kind of a test to see if they could it's do gotta a, be. do a Lois and Clark series yeah. or something to that nature. Yeah, it's got to be. But that kind of set everything up. You know, a lot of mistaken identity. Ollie wakes up yeah. in bed with Iris. And, you know, so that whole thing. So the whole first episode was basically that. We're mixed up. Oh, no. And then we end. They need to go to Gotham City for reasons. Right. Reasons, And yes. we end on a shot of Batwoman yes. on the rooftop. On Monday night, the next night, Arrow for part two. I very much like that Ollie doesn't believe in Batman. <laughs> and he, he's like, Batman's not cool. You know, yeah. I, I did this first. I was the first vigilante. So I, I like that little... Uh, Which, you know, know, even in the comics for the longest time, you know, with Green Arrow, you had the Arrow Cave and the Arrow Car and all that. You know, he was he was a, a blatant Batman yeah. ripoff. <laughs> Who shot bows and arrows? Yeah, speaking of blatant, some of the Easter eggs here we had... Uh, the cops were called to the corner of Nolan and Burton. <laughs> not very subtle. No. All right. And then they're in the, the Wayne Tower, and there's the bust of Shakespeare yep. sitting in the From box. The I'm like, hey, cool. Batman 66. And then Kara picks it up. Who's this? Shakespeare? Like, yeah. lampshading yeah. it horribly. I'm like, just put it in the background where we yeah. can find it. Uh, and they called each other world's finest. Yep. Supergirl and Batwoman. Ba- Batwoman. What did, how, how, how did you like Ruby Rose's Kate King? I, I thought she was good. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Not spectacular, but... I, they just they didn't give her much to do. No. But the visuals were great. She sold that kind of tough-as-nails, yeah. you know, combat veteran kind of thing. Yeah, they mentioned Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I, I don't remember them being cousins in the comic. Uh, yeah, they're, they're related was, somehow. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's the first time we've gotten, I think, a, a Batman reference. But um, and he's been missing for a couple of years. years. He left town, yeah, and yeah. so to give a reason why he's not involved in anything. But we had uh, John Wesley Ship showed up. Mm, what a waste! As Barry Allen, they're like, "Oh, is that Jay?" He had to say, "No, I am Barry Allen." Yep. And uh, I, I swear, I don't know if it was internet rumor or if it was literally Michael. Who said many years ago he thought Diggle would be a great John Stewart? Yeah, yeah, that was. Going I, don't, I don't know if he got that off the internet, but I do remember him saying that. And then when Ship shows up, he's like, "Where's your ring?" Yeah, John, where's your ring? Yeah. So, yeah. and then on some version of the multiverse, Diggle is a Green Lantern. But you know, no payoff, no nothing. No, just literally just, uh, just fan service. Yep, that's okay. it. And then we end with Superman in a black suit swooping in. Yeah, it's kind of an evil version of Soups. I have to wait a night till Tuesday to part three, Supergirl. And we start in a dive bar where we get a tiny glimmer of legends. Mm-hmm. We get Gary as a bartender. Yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Where all the, all the evil do- doers hang out, all the villains. Jimmy Olsen as a bouncer. Yeah, this made no sense. And then he's Superman's worst pal. But they've already established they didn't know who Superman was. Yeah, so I'm not sure. So how did that work? I don't know. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> <sighs> so, and at some point, Kara says, this is becoming an annual thing. So, again, yeah. we're having fun with references and meta humor. Uh, he reads the book a little more and says, "We or, you know, the monitor says, if you mm-hmm. really want to, you know, do better, up the stakes, yeah. you know, think bigger. So we get Superman. 
He turned himself into Superman. Right. He's John, the black John, suit. Yeah, Dr. Destiny as yeah. Superman, the all-powerful, running the DEO. Right. Kind of like the Injustice universe, kind of a yep. iron fist of Superman. So you got a little, and that was the black suit being another thing. Like, oh, it's the black suited Superman. And then you find out it's just John Deegan. And it doesn't make any, like, he fights Superman. The real Superman and the real Superman, like he like beats up the real Superman. It made no sense. And at some point, Ollie has a kryptonite arrow. Yeah. And I had one of my customers said, "Well, but if that world didn't have a Superman to start with, like, Krypton would never have blown up. Mm. There would be no kryptonite on that." I was like, "Let's not the whole. <laughs> let's just not." Yeah. <laughs> I try and watch these as just a fun, yeah. a fun thing, yeah. but this was a utter mess. So they save the day. They stop the guy sort of. and close the book. I think I don't even remember what the plot was, but yeah. it um, didn't really matter. So at the end, John Deegan is taken to Arkham. He's uh, in the comics. What happens? The, the Justice League hypnotized him so that he would never dream again to stop his powers, and it, he went crazy and withered away, and his face became very skull-like. Yeah. So this happens in the show. He got the whammy put on him, and he has a weird. <laughs> he looks like didn't the look emperor. like a skull. Yeah, he looked, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Palpatine, or like uh, the guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark after his face melted. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so he's in Arkham. We learn Lois is pregnant. Yep. They're gonna move to Argo. Yep. To have a safe pregnancy. And I like that. That was like, oh, we're gonna go away for a year. Yeah. Tune in next year on CW for the Adventures of Argo. Yeah. Now, what I did not like was I don't know if it was right then or or whatever he's like Supergirl you got this Supergirl you're better than me Super I'm like no no <laughs> but just the reason like she couldn't just anytime there's a problem she couldn't just call Superman to come save him <sighs> so he's been written out of the yeah. of the universe mm, whatever uh, he crushes a piece of coal turns into a diamond in a classic <laughs> like Silver Age Superman yeah. move that I liked makes a ring they get engaged which was cool. I really like. Let's do the show. Why not? So yeah, we end in Arkham with the Psycho Pirate. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where the mask came from. The guy puts on a. It's got the gold. The gold mask. Yeah. Uh, and he says, "The stage is set. Worlds will live. Worlds will die. And the universe will never be the same." Which is the tagline from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. Boom! The logo comes up, coming in fall 2019 to the CW. Yeah. So. The whole thing was just a setup for another thing, <laughs> but hey, I'll be excited for that too when it comes. Yeah. I, I, well, <clears throat> we didn't mention the the point where another thing that didn't make any sense. At one point, Barry was going to run, or Oliver, yeah, Bar- Barry was going to run. They ran in opposite directions. In opposite directions, yeah. and they had to reach Mach Seven, which is going to do nothing. Not to mention, you're running in opposite direction so you're going to counteract each other but it somehow it slowed down time yeah it didn't make any sense yeah but and and i'm like well i'm sorry but both of them have gone faster than mach 7 and they're like burning up i was like this the whole thing didn't work that but i think that was setting up because in crisis very the, famously both those characters die right and that was the deal oh we didn't talk about that uh, ollie goes to the monitor and and basically in the book these two are destined to die they're going to give themselves and ollie makes some kind of deal yeah we don't know what yeah but. so either he is sacrificing himself it's like 
You can cancel my show. That's, yeah. <laughs> Let these two shows that, live on. Cancel my show. That has to be what it is, though, right? His grand exit will yeah. maybe be the crisis. Yeah. yeah. So we can backdoor that Superman show in that into that yeah. time slot. <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh, there was oof. a lot of build-up to it. I it, There was enough to enjoy, but yeah. it was also kind of a mess. And I, I it was not as good as any of the other crossovers well, they've done. The last couple of years i've really enjoyed the crossovers i thought they were for tv it was yeah, really been good. high points of these shows yeah yeah and then of course in this week's episodes after it's all said and done we get the legends and they get back on this on the ship and gideon's like you have a missed call from cara zor-el oliver queen and barry allen and the, you know and they're just like oh they just blow it off and make a quick little joke about oh it's that time of year again yeah i think steel says hard pass yeah (laughs) we're not involved (laughs) wake up then what (laughs) gun yeah i think so are we just waiting on me and you didn't watch any tv at all bad at segues no i didn't watch any tv (laughs) it's been off I believe it. <laughs> hey, do you guys know how to spell Segway? S E G U E? Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> that would have been my guess. I was listening to another podcast just this morning, and he happened to mention it. He said, You know, I don't want to embarrass myself, but the podcaster, <clears throat> not me. Is this a podcaster and- we know? <laughs> mm, I don't think so. Is that a Disney guy? No. I didn't know. But he was like. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to admit this, but I was like in my 30s before I knew how to spell that. And I was like, what are you, what's he talking about? And he's like, do you realize Segway spelled S-E-G-U-E? And I was like, I was today's year, today years old when I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into learning things. <laughs> nice. What? I'm trying my best. Oh. I'm going to learn something about us. You down with KPP? Yeah, you know me. What the hell is wrong with you people? You know me. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know me. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. You know me. Why are you the way that you are? I really got to shorten that thing. <laughs> I but I love every second of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So this is it. We're All right. So I pull, got to pull the thing out of his uh, handful of little papers, and it says we're supposed to talk about our first jobs. Hmm. So first job. Your first job. Well, I'll talk about my first job. I've probably talked a little bit about it before. But uh, when I was 16, a friend in 1987, do the math. Wow. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine had turned 16 a couple weeks before. He's like, oh, we got to get a job. Let's go get a job. And it was not on my radar. <laughs> I was like, why would I do that? I'm sitting here watching uh, 
TV. You know, <laughs> well, I don't want to go get a job, but it's like, can we get what well, makes money? And then we can go do stuff, blah blah blah, get cars and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So we go apply everywhere. We apply at Pizza Hut, and guess what? I got a job and he didn't. He didn't have a job for the next year. <laughs> I swear. But anyway, now somehow I've been duped. Yeah, exactly. Now why did you get a job at Pizza Hut and he didn't? I, t- I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But anyway. Nailed the interview up. Exactly. I was much more hireable. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, started working there. And, and I, I liked, I hated having to work. But, <laughs> but uh, if you were going to work, that was right. an okay place. It was all right. You, like, you were working in the store or like delivery driver? Oh, and I was a I was a waiter. Can oh, you imagine? Wow. This is the only time I was ever in the service. And you were like nice to people? No, <laughs> no, I was. But you don't have to be if you're a guy waiting tables. Free money. They just I I mean no. I'll admit it. Got guys have to do less to get a bigger tip. It's just a fact. Now girls I'll, will agree. <laughs> also in in Marriott, Ohio, nineteen eighty seven, there weren't a lot of restaurants. True, true. So that was a pretty happening place. Oh. Also yeah. the, there was one of the few places a restaurant you could go to and get beer. And they serve beer. Right. <laughs> and it was also one of the few places you could work and drink beer. So were you were you allowed <laughs> were you allowed to serve beer at sixteen? No. No. You okay. had to be nineteen. No, yeah, I couldn't serve it, but so if anyone who ordered beer, you had someone else had to. Yeah, just a manager would run it out there. But it, anyway, I'm getting. <laughs> so uh, some memories from uh, Pizza Hut. I know I've talked before. We had a Shinobi machine. Nope. The summer of '88 was a great summer. I would come in and work lunchtime, make about fifteen bucks, and blow it. I didn't even make it out of the store. Blow it on Shinobi with a friend of mine. Uh, maybe go over to. Well, it was Super America then, <laughs> not yeah. Speedway. We go over there, get some camel lights, maybe shoe, <laughs> shoe world, get a $3 pair of shoes. And, uh, you know, that, that was it. Um, I remember uh, ordering ordering pizzas because you couldn't just eat pizza while you are at pizza. They just didn't have free pizza. <laughs> but if you went out in the lobby just a few feet away and used the pay phone and called Pizza Hut... <laughs> <laughs> that you were in and said, ah, I need a uh, pizza for uh, Bedelski. <laughs> and I just ordered the pizza that I wanted and they never showed up. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> well, we could eat the mistakes. What is the know? statute of limitations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to admit it now. And I remember, you know, closing there on the weekends. You know, I was the in the lobby, you know, in the dining room and I, I remember pumping quarters in the jukebox and turning it up and bistling the floor remember yeah. bistles a uh, little jukebox bistling and i love that it's just blaring 80s music it was great we pro- i pro- we probably were went there a lot when you were working there probably you guys remember book it children who love to read can grow to new heights expand their knowledge by discovering new worlds stretch their imagination by reaching for the stars Book It is a reading incentive program that encourages young people to read. Support your children's participation in their school's Book It program. Or to find out how to enroll their school, write to this address. When your child loves to read, 
almost anything. Remember the Book It program? I remember oh, going to Pizza yeah. Hut all the time. Yeah. Made me the reader I am today. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. scored in pies. Yeah. But I remember that. I was probably in 87. I was probably in like third grade. Yeah. And uh, I was the best dang reader in my class. <laughs> <laughs> Get those little personal pants. It was the only chance pizzas. we had to go to Pizza Hut. So I was going to read them books. <laughs> but, uh,. It ha- so happened, though, that in that next fall in, in 88, um, little Friday Night Lights action was happening, you know, mm-hmm. right just down the road. It's Friday Night's football, high school football. And one night, it was just me and the assistant manager, Brian Congrove. I'm going to call him out. He's got to be long dead. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he called himself the con man, Brian the con man Congrove. And he was just, we had a, a a hole for a manager, Larry Locant. I'm calling you out too, Larry. <laughs> Allegedly, you were an a hole, and and it, he's. I guarantee that guy's dead. And <laughs> I made sure of it. But, but Brian was cool. But he, uh, oh, he would. These guys were totally corrupting me. I mean, this guy had to have been you know his 30s, and I'm 16 years old, and him and a couple cooks. The cooks were the you know really seedy guys. I remember <laughs> taking us. You remember uh, you know connections? Is it still there in Williamstown? Yeah, it's Above still, it's still there. there. Yeah. I remember sitting in the parking lot. For some reason, he drove us there to <laughs> smoke. He'd give us. He tell. He then he threatened us. He's like, if you ever tell anyone, a big man from West Virginia will come up from behind and kill you. <laughs> but wow. Anyway, one Friday night, it just filled up. I don't think they weren't. Nobody was prepared for this football game, and the entire lobby fills up with high school kids, and I'm the waiter. Like the whole for the whole restaurant, whole restaurant, whole dining room is full. And I was like, I went out, and the first table was like some people I knew and they were just I was already you know it's like give make fun of the waiter guy in his uniform and I was like whatever and I just sat down and and they're like what what are you doing I was like I'm quitting <laughs> I was like I'm not doing this you know and the Pretty soon, a few minutes later, the I mean, people are starting to complain. <laughs> and the, Brian comes out. He, he sees me sitting there. He's like, oh, excuse me, um, Mr. Seth. Can I talk to you? He gets me back. He's like, uh, what are you doing? I was like, I quit. This is There's no way I'm putting up with this. And he's like, if you don't, he's like, wait till tomorrow to quit. You know, don't do not do it to me. Don't do it to the con man. And he's like, he talk, he's like, I'll, you know, you can drink out of the keg all you want. You know, I was like, okay. So he basically did most of the work. And then I sat there till four o'clock in the morning drinking beer out of the keg. And it was great. And, and, uh, came back in, quit the next day to Larry. And he, he said, he was complaining about how bad my carpets looked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it was great. Wow. Great first job. Sorry. Wow. Well, maybe TMI. Both of my brothers worked for Pizza Hut as well as delivery drivers. Yeah. They, they seem to like it as well. So, maybe there's shenanigans going oh, on. Oh, I can still smell them breadsticks. I love they, they're, they They're no good now. Yeah, they're not the like they used to be. The recipe is completely different. Yep. Yeah. Awful. True story. Yeah, the pizza is too. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yep. What I agree. It used to be. Uh, my first job was Dairy Queen, actually. Mm. I have no good stories. I worked there for a summer during school. Mm-hmm. Um, I can still do a perfect DQ swirl on top of the ice cream. <laughs> that's a that's a skill. That's a life skill. It that's is. a counterclockwise <laughs> swirl. And I, I always have 
here's here's TMI. I always have a secret hope. Like if you're at a buffet or a restaurant with a ice cream yeah. machine, yeah, I always do it. And I'm always hoping like someone's watching, yeah, yeah. and like admiring, yeah, oh yeah. If anyone <laughs> and I always me, make a yeah. show, but like, <clears throat> you see that? And I carry it, or I carry yeah. it back to the table. Excuse me, <laughs> did you by chance work at Dairy Queen? Yeah, oh, in yeah. 1995. Yeah, I can roll the hell out of a burrito. Let me tell you, I worked at a Mexican restaurant for 12 years. It never comes up. One of these days. What about you, Cliff? Um, first job I had was uh, it was working at a graphic. There was a graphic design place in Marietta that we knew the owner through a couple people. And when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I went and worked there for the summer. That's and actually kind of cool. I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a lot of just. Hey, here, here's a bunch of pamphlets and papers, and fold them and and do that all day. Or here, you know, the, I had to like make the little like uh, notepads. What, what was this place called? It was called Thomas Graphics. Oh, okay. it was over on Colgate Drive. They probably got beat out by Sir Speedy. Yeah, stuff. it's yeah. long gone, long yeah. gone. And uh, <laughs> and, and um, you didn't offer any help to Michael when he started his graphic design. Yeah. Well, I learned I my lesson as an expert graphic. Well, designer. here was the deal, though. When I wasn't doing that, which was a lot, at least once or twice a week, they were like, "Oh, the you know the the building was on this big hillside," and they're like, "Wow, well, can you go out there and, and and you know mow the grass and." pull all the weeds and and do all that stuff so i had to go out there and mow on this great big hillside and all this crap and it wasn't very fun <laughs> my my favorite part go design that long yeah my favorite part of the day usually because my my grandparents lived like just maybe four or five houses down from the place and i would walk there for lunch some days and be like you know come walking in like I'm a big worker man and you know Granny Barnes man she, she, she'd get excited and she'd fix me up whatever I wanted there were a few days I may have taken an extra long lunch from folding those papers alright speaking of jobs S-E-G you tossers you had one job to do all right, you you came up with something there, Jordan. We've had kind of a pattern recently of of covering recently deceased celebrities. Yeah, it's getting pretty job. morbid here. Yeah. We got to start picking yeah. people not just because they died, but <laughs> well, I mean, we did Kurt Russell, so he didn't die. Yeah, that's that was, true. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I watched that. I watched that Christmas movie. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I kind of did it while I was wrapping presents. And yeah, yeah that's, a, me that's, that's, that's my plan. Yeah. I might watch it while I'm doing anything else. Yeah, I, I can see kids <laughs> that feeling like a modern yeah. story you'd watch every year. So I really enjoyed it. So who died? And you also <laughs> spoiled what the best. You part? mentioned who the co-star was. Yeah, and she literally is in the movie in the last minute of the film. <laughs> yeah. The big reveal ruined my enjoyment of the whole. Thing. So thanks. <laughs> and also, little Stephen Van Zant was in it. Oh Speaking yeah, I forgot Bruce about Spinstein. that. Merry Christmas, babe. <laughs> what were we talking about? Dead people. Yeah. Yeah. Dead uh, people. We we lost this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A. Multi-talented actress, director, Penny Marshall. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-
Laverne. Yeah. Uh, I did. You guys watch Laverne and Shirley back in the day? Um, I was more Happy Days. Yeah, well, they were on Happy Days so first. So anytime they were on Happy Days, yeah. obviously. But that's yeah, where they I, were first. I watched first, some yeah. Laverne and Shirley. A few oh, times. Yeah. I think they were on there three or four times before they yeah. spun off into yeah. Laverne and Shirley. Had a little Lenny and Squiggy and I remember Carmine DeFazio. I remember when I remember my parents watching that show, yeah. being very very young. Um, at the yeah, time you would have had to be. I mean, I, I remember watching it as a kid. Her, she drank milk and Pepsi. That was always really weird. Mm-hmm. And had the big she had L, big L, L, yeah. L on her shirt. And, and so was that her first role? I, I was that her big breakout? We we know nothing about it. Yeah, yeah this is we're so well prepared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really only one reason yeah, I we're just, even. I assumed we would just say Laverne and move on. But. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, she she was also you know she was in. Some movies, and she directed. Yeah, mostly is what kind she's of a second for. career. Yes, as she aged out of the sitcoms, right. went on to be a director. More known for that. More. So there's not a lot. She was a director of seven films. Is that it? Yes. Wow. But there's some there's some good there, ones in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So she did the Preacher's Wife. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Uh, something with Danny DeVito called Renaissance Man. Oh my! <laughs> I think we cut a pick. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just? Oh, you throw a wrench in your plan? <laughs> oh, that one's for Justin listening in at home. Uh, he loves. He could quote that movie. I'm sure. Wow, I've never seen it or heard of it. Captain Murdoch's not at the AEC. Captain Murdoch's at the ARC. A-A-R-C. Looking for Captain Murdoch? Yeah. The AEC is building 2310. You want building 4475? Here's what you do. You go right here. Take another ride at the PX. Go half a click till you see the DPTM center. Then take a left. PX. If you hit the RFPC, you've gone too far. DPTM RFPC. Can I buy a valve? Um, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yep. Riding with the boys, I think. It may not even be what it says. Yeah, riding cars with boys. How's that? Mm. With uh, Drew Barrymore and Brittany Murphy. Um, and then we got the big three. So here's basically what we're going to be choosing from. Uh, Awakenings is a yeah underrated movie. That's mm-hmm. it. It's a good movie. Um, a League of Their Own mm-hmm. and Big. Yep. So is anybody going Laverne? No, because okay. these movies are more important to me than... Yeah, we've ruled that out right, completely. Yeah. I think in the pop culture scheme of things, that's, you know, she, she was the most... That's her face. Yeah. Yeah, behind, she's behind the camera for a yes. lot of her career. So yeah. the face, when you think of her, is Laverne. But the quality, I think, came later. And how many times have we tried to get League of Their Own yeah. onto this uh, list? I want it in the book. <laughs> Here's your chance. Will. Well... Uh, so obviously that's your pick then. That's my pick. Yeah, um, I, and also my pick for Tom Hanks, and also my pick for Gina Davis. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be awkward to have a League of Their Own with no Tom Hanks in it, because mm-hmm. or Gina Davis. So we'll see how good it is. Yeah, what? How do these cross over? Uh, I know. Do they? Now exist? you're wondering. 
It exists this is a without Tom web. Hanks. No, he has to. It <laughs> has to be some kind of exemption. Yeah, nope. Where if the movie it has to exist as a whole, I get what you're saying. You're saying so if you don't get in for that, you can get yeah, in for so this. Tom so. Hanks might have. This is your way movies. of saving that. Yeah, we. I, out, I. That's all allowed. Like Robert Zemeckis, he's still Forrest Gump. Like we, we're gonna. Yes. The Notebook's gonna have to turn into I, a yarn wall. Yes. <laughs> it has it not already? You don't. This folds out. <laughs> um, I, uh, I yes, that's always been my intention that yeah. you can save it by having somebody else, you know. So yes, if you pick League of Legends, it'll have Tom Hanks in it. Don't you worry. There's no crying in one job. Uh, just that uh, we've mentioned before many times. Well, I, I, it's you know, great girl power movie. It's a great sports movie. It's a great comedy. I, I love it. I could watch it anytime it's on TV. Yeah. What about you, Cliff? Um. I like it very much, <laughs> but I, I remember when Big came out. I remember what a big deal it was. How it made Tom Hanks a star. Transformers pull thirty-seven percent market share, Sorry. and that we are targeting the same area. I think that we should see one quarter of that, and that is one fifth of the total revenue from all of last year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Any questions? No, not for me. Yes? Yes? I don't get it. What exactly don't you get? It, it turns from a building into a robot, right? Precisely. Well, what's fun about that? <clears throat> Did she win an Oscar? I'll look. For Big? I'll look. I feel Keep like Big won for something there. Best um, piano playing? Could have been. Well known for that. Could have been. Best movie seen in an FAO. Shorts. It won two Oscars. Let's see. I so. Um, well, he was nominated. Tom um, Hanks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't win two Oscars. Okay. But it was nomina- he was nominated. Um, anyway, I... I remember, you know, I loved that movie. Yeah, and, it was a great movie. It's, you know, I it hit a chord. At I would have put Tom in for that. You know, yeah. um, she, she was like the first woman director to. I want to say, say it was it. like the most money ever made by a movie directed by a woman. The first one, I want to. Say, I don't. The first it's like a hundred million dollars or something yeah. ridiculous. That, Sadly, that doesn't surprise me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big deal that she directed it, and it, how successful it was. But yeah, who's gonna pull first? This I is mean, gonna be okay. sad. I mean, I, I, I'm. Hey, League I, of Their Own has a big cast. Like we can get there later. I so guess because because I, I really I can't pick League of Their Own over big as for her. You know, just because how important it was for what she you know groundbreaking woman director and big is more important to me than I as far as movies I love between the two you know, Penny Marshall and Tom Hanks Penny Marshall and Tom Hanks A League of Their Own to me is a better movie okay I've seen it many more times I enjoy it more um, <clears throat> I think it has as a kid that grew up loving baseball so much I could watch that. That was, you know, a, a league of their own, and um, 
um, Bull Durham and uh, Field of Dreams were the were the big three there at that time, and I watched those movies over and over and over again. And there's something about I I I can't watch that movie and watch it all, you know. And it's got such emotion to it, a uh, League of yeah, Their Own. And it's it's well made. It's not just she happened to pick a good script. Right? No, she, she, you know, the 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 end, the epilogue at the end. Yeah, it, the, the flashbacks. And, you know, it's it's really well made. So you have to. By give the her time credit. you get to the end of that movie, you honestly you feel good. After you know, even though there's, I feel all- terrible after watching Big. I'll tell you, right. <laughs> man. I so is that your pick? Yeah, a League of Their Own. Okay, I'm totally cool with that. I'm glad we got it in there, League of Their Own. I didn't do not have a problem with that at all. So that's a good entry into the book. So for Penny Marshall, finally, she's she will be known in the Kapow books for a League of Their Own. So we got it in there. Oh my gosh. Now play a squiggy sound bite. Okay. Yes. And we can totally deflate all that high pollutant. That's right. just happened. I was in the toilet reading my contract and it turns out I get a bonus when we get to the World Series. So, let's play hard. Let's play smart. Um, now what are we on? Let's get, finish it up. We're talking movies. Let's get into movies. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under roof! Set it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> okay, well, I've watched a billion movies, but I don't need to talk about all of them. Let's hear your movie list. They're coming up on the... Yeah, we're gonna be talk doing my Poobah countdown. We'll get them all in there. Um, Jordan... We went and saw a movie. Well, we're not getting there yet. We're, yeah. Oh, we're not. Do- <laughs> That's the ending, so people That's... can turn it off if they haven't seen yeah. it yet. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Save what else did we watch? Well, <laughs> a couple trailers came out. We had the Men in Black International. Dang it. Men in Black colon International. Yeah, fired. Otherwise known as the Revengers 2. <laughs> okay. Nobody else got that? No, nope. because well, everyone in it. Yeah, they were. They you were. can't watch any. I'm watching all these movies, you know, critically acclaimed movies. I'm like, oh, hey, it's this guy and that guy. You know, yeah, everyone's in a comic book movie. Come on, it's Valkyrie and Thor. So, yeah, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Ah. Agents H and Agent M. Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson, Rebecca Ferguson, 
coming out June Rebecca 2019. Uh, I'm listening. This is the fourth entry. Yeah. Does anybody feel this needed to be made? No. Okay. Eh. But why not? It's, Whatever. It's a cool concept. I mean, just seeing them in their suits and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I always liked the original mm-hmm. when it came out. So I, I don't know. I like the a, third one. What it was, was the time travel one. Like I thought I they were all the tra- time travel one. Huh? Don't they time Well, this travel? one's... I don't think so. No? no. Only in the third one? I, I yeah, I, okay. I'm pretty sure. It's it's pretty good. So, okay, the first one's Will Smith, and he becomes Men in Black, Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yes. The Bug Man. Yes. Yes. Okay. The second one is what? I have no idea. I don't either. It's uh, more Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. and they dress in black. Yeah, more uh-huh. of the same, and whoever is this, good. yeah, yeah. And the third one is the one with Josh Brolin. Yes, okay. and that's the time traveling. <clears throat> okay, and it was pretty good. I was like, oh, they actually brought this brought this back around. So, mm-hmm. so whatever, I'm fine with it. It's not a franchise I love, but I don't. I it it, it has every chance to be actually entertaining. So. And it's a good enough concept. You can keep making them. You know, it's not tied yeah. to these characters. At least it looks like they've got some. A talented cast, so you know. Let's think positive. And directed by F. Gary Gray, uh, who directed the original Friday, the Italian Job, great movie, straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a you know yeah. a, good, a cast I like and a director puff, that's puff good. Give. I learned that in Outfront Connections. <laughs> which one? Is, which one is Rip Torn in? <laughs> First one, at least. Okay, I like him. He's the confetti guy, right? Rip Torn. No, that, no. Who am I thinking it's of? He was Taylor. Huh? <laughs> Rip Taylor. Is that Rip Taylor? I don't know. Rip. <laughs> Rip Torn. He was the uh, um, very gravelly d- voice. Dodgeball. Oh, okay. Or okay. Uh, my favorite role, the Beastmaster. Okay. He was One the job priest. for Rip Taylor. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Rip Torn. No, Rip Taylor. <laughs> no, Rip Taylor. <laughs> I want to be Rip Taylor. Yeah. I'm not cleaning up the mess. <laughs> All right. We also had a Hellboy trailer. Oh for boy! The, uh, confession time. Is this a reboot time. or a Confe- I've never watched a Hellboy movie. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I love Hellboy. Oh, I have every it issue. It is of, confession time. I have. Yeah. I have every issue of Hellboy from Conquer Worm in 1995. Never read an issue up until like a week ago. Um, I adore Mike McNola's art. I really love the concept. I don't love the movies. They're fun. Huh. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. I don't say that it ruined my childhood or whatever, but it just the movies. I I think I saw the second one once. Yeah, the second one's not good. I I I think I watched half of it like thirteen times before I ever got through it. The first one I like. It, yeah, I, I remember enjoying it well enough, but just thinking, "Wow, it's not my Hellboy," and just <laughs> and people yeah. love it. People really adore these movies. Yeah, it was a big. There hit. was a big push. You know, people were mad Ron Perlman wasn't back because he was. He right. tried to make it a third one made for a lot of years, didn't happen. So we have uh, April twenty nineteen. Director Neil Marshall, who directed The Descent, which is a very mm. acclaimed horror movie, and Doomsday, and one episode of Westworld, The Stray. Was that a good episode? They're all good, George. Okay. So he directed one. We have David Harbour from Stranger Things yeah. is now Hellboy. Ian McShane, uh, Mila Jovovich, and Daniel Day Kim from Lost. Mm. He is Ben Daimau, which is what he's one of my favorite characters in the book. Kind of a hard, hard edged uh, military guy. They don't have in a the different feel for after. Guillermo del Toro. So all the still photos that have come out 
look really cool. They're, they're trying to capture a little closer to the, the style of the comic. And then the trailer, I wasn't feeling it. They were playing Mooney Mooney in the background. <laughs> and it was all just joke, 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 joke. Yeah. Mm. And it, I just, that. That's what I'm not, that's what I don't like about a lot of the, that seems to be such a popular thing to do with superhero stuff now is just make it jokey and I'm just over it. But again, trailers sometimes are misleading. Yeah, oh, but absolutely. The, what's great about Hellboy is it throws him into a world that is super serious. He walks in to fight a demon who is, for I have arisen as the prophecy foretold. And he says, screw you, pal, and punches mm. him. Like, he deflates the pompousness because he is sardonic and, and, and cynical and goofy. But when everything around him is a joke... That lessens the whole yeah. impact of the thing. So, again, it's just one trailer, just a minute and a half or whatever it was. But I wasn't real hyped for it. Yeah. But we'll see. It could turn out to be cool. So, you caught up. You got time. Are you going to get in any rollerblading time by the mm. end of the year? Well, it hasn't Slick. started snowing yet. It's so, out there. Yeah, it's a lot of rain. The calendar's about to turn to 2019 as we record yeah. this. Yeah. And I'm finishing these movies. You can read all about them on lowwords.wordpress.com. Lowwords. I started November with 81 movies. So I had 19 to go with two months. I got through 10 in November. So I started December. That makes me 91. So all I had to do in December is 9, which was my normal pace. Yep. So guys, I've always said that. That guy gets about nine. Nine movies a month. <laughs> That's my slow and steady wins the race. All right, so November was a weird month because we were getting toward the end, and there were a whole bunch of odds and ends on the on the on the poster. Did I even describe what we're doing? I'm watching 100 essential movies in 2018. <laughs> I've been doing it for 11 months, people. You should know this by now. I'm getting to the movies. I don't. They're not on TV very much. I don't have them on DVD. They're odd. Man, so, it's a good thing you had that Netflix service. Yeah, so Netflix offers a free month of DVD to your door. Signed up for it. Got a free month. And knocked out 10 movies that aren't... These are kind of the, the let's say, left of center ones. Maybe right. ones I haven't seen a ton or that Maybe aren't not really super essential. So, first one, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I never saw that. Ang Lee from the year 2000. Never saw it? It turned me off the fake, the not real, realistic <laughs> fighting. I've never been into the... Yeah, this was a very uh, a, a Chinese cast foreign language movie a lot of kung fu elements of you know, running across rooftops and tree branches with zero gravity mm. a lot of wire work um and there's they've been making kung fu movies since you know the 60s or whatever right. so it was a very familiar kind of story but you you know using ang lee's eye for cinematography and uh, uh wu ping yun his choreography was just super acclaimed for this movie and just you know, these movies are cranked out a dime a dozen overseas, but this was the one that with pedigree right. that got to American shores and pe- blew people away of like, what is happening? How are people you know, running up the side of a tree trunk? Yeah. So, yeah, this was kind of the breakthrough in America. Does it hold up? It's good. I like it. It's it's very much a fairy tale. It's a, it's a you know, 
It's a martial arts fairy tale, basically. You know, right. I mean, that's the that's the, they, the, the fact and, that they can even walk, run up a tr- yeah, little yeah. tiny tree branch and things. You know. So yeah, I I I like it. Um, I don't know that I wa- I saw it in theaters in 2000 and probably hadn't watched it since. But it's 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 the probably you know the top of that genre, whatever yeah. that genre you call it. Uh, then Shane, the Western from the 1950s. Oh, I watched. I saw Logan. They talked about that. Logan, come back, Logan. <laughs> Alan Ladd as the gunfighter trying to put his past behind him goes to a you know, a, a homesteader trying to you know start over, and there's evil cattle barons trying to take over the land, and he gets called back to the you know have to pick up his gun one more time. It is a lot like Logan. <laughs> <laughs> they they literally are playing it in the movie. I just remember having that uh, playing Trivial Pursuit back in the day, and that question came up like any trivia game or show or anything. It's always like, "What's the last words of Shane?" Yeah. And the great quote: "A man has to be what he is." All right, then last picture show: Peter Bogdanovich, nineteen seventy one. This one mm-hmm. is shot in black and white. Many years after, you know, we had color film in the 70s, but it was kind of a a flashback to the early 50s. And these young kids, you know, their last year of high school, but they're trapped in this small town. They have very few options. They don't have any choices of what they want to do with their lives. Um, oh, I, I watched this last year. This is the yeah. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She uh, was gorgeous in that movie. I was stricken. Yeah, is that a word? Stricken, like, stricken by her. Yes, yeah, like and the way they lit her, like she was, she was like angelic yeah. in that movie. It yeah. was, it was amazing. Uh, Tim Bottoms and Jeff Bridges are the yeah. two best friends. Sybil Shepherd is kind of the the girl in the look up love triangle. I thought about it. I don't remember what I thought about that. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Uh, it also had Ellen Burstyn, Ben Johnson, Cloris Leachman, and a very quick blink and you miss him, Randy Quaid. <laughs> Uh, I'd never seen it before. I thought it was excellent. Uh, it's based on a novel by Larry McMurtry, the guy who did Lonesome Dove. So it definitely has that like haunted, you know, uh, you know Texas feel of you know the dust blowing in the wind and you know the fatalism of how life's going to turn out. Yeah, I liked it. You, your notes. I didn't put that? any. I didn't put any text in there in okay. my notes, but I I gave, I gave it a seven out of ten. All right. Uh, all the president's men. Oh so gosh! In uh, November we had an election, so I saved I saved that for election time. 1976, after the Watergate scandal, based on the book by Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, and the the reporting they did for the Washington Post, blowing up the scandal, Nixon breaking into the Democratic headquarters. This was Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman, and I had never seen this one before either. Uh, it's and interestingly enough I just watched Spotlight mm. the best picture winner from 2015 I watched it just a few weeks after President's Man and it has many of the same beats like trying to return, get phone calls returned real fast to double check sources and all this stuff so it, it's still a timely story and making it even more timely it was pretty amazing they, throughout they would show clips actual news clips of people in the government calling it fake news 
Right. And they're trying to get these quotes. Like, Did Nixon know about this? Or that? Like, oh, come on. This is ridiculous. You guys don't know anything. Your sources are fake. And it was people going on record trying to discredit the media, calling them biased, saying all the things we're hearing today. And this was not a dramatization that the movie was making. Some liberal director was trying to say this was actual archival news footage of actual politicians yeah. and actual actual yeah it's still my wallpaper on facebook yeah <laughs> it has been for like the last two years i'm funny is <laughs> those guys standing there just observing you know and i remember watching that and liking it and it was that same thing it's like just it does a good job of showing how uh those guys in the newspapers are ahead of tv because i i think they show right in you know in the movie uh uh Nixon being inaugurated and those guys pounding their typewriters in the background, you know, already ahead of, you know, things that are, you know, going to come out later. I've only seen it once. I watched, I remember we watched it in high school in government class, you know. That would be a pretty good movie to show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Appropriate in 1996, 97. But, uh, and again, showing, like, from all sides, people are saying, is this a really a story? Do we need to follow up on this? And these guys houndingly saying, no, there's something more here. And everyone was saying, well, move on to the next thing. It's probably nothing big. And they just smelled this story and knew there was something going on. And showing one of the biggest mistakes they made, they didn't get like a third source on a certain piece of news. And it almost blew up in their faces because they missed there's miscommunication and yeah. like they weren't a hundred percent sure about one certain piece and it could have all blown up and no one would have believed any of it. So it it, it it not to soapbox or anything, but you know the media is working hard. Oh man, <laughs> and trying to find the truth. So right. the discount in wide swaths is a mistake. Exactly. That's the that's the whole thing is to totally just call them fake and see if you can get away with it. And they and they've. You know the bar is so has moved so much nowadays. But anyway, good move. Um, and just completely randomly, I try to mix these up and watch different years, different genres. The very next movie I watched was Sophie's Choice, also directed by Alan J. Pakula, who directed All the Presidents Men. So wow. I watched both his biggest movies wow, right back nice to library. Back. One job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, another one I'd never seen. Very uh, Meryl Streep. Uh, she had won a Best Supporting Actress before, but this was her first. Best Actress Award. Um, I didn't know much about it except you know it's the very, it's a it's, you know you can use a it as saying, a synonym right. for an impossible choice. Right. Oh, I've got a Sophie's Choice. You yeah, know. Catch Twenty Two. Is it Laverne or Shirley? You know, it's a right. Sophie's Choice. Yeah, Milk or Pepsi. <laughs> so <laughs> so Laverne could set. never make that choice. She just drank them together. <laughs> so it's set in a Brooklyn boarding house, and this guy moves in. Uh, Peter McNichol, who was the guy from Ghostbusters 2 who played General. So yeah. he's like a, a writer, moves in, and there's this. Tis Vigo! Vigo! So he. Master he, of Evil. He's trying to battle my boys. That's not legal. So upstairs from him lives Meryl Streep. She's this very flighty, interesting, worldly person that he instantly falls in love with. But she is dating Kevin Klein, who is terrible, you know, is a, a drunk and abuses her. But it's that, I love you, baby, take me back kind of thing. So it is the, you know, the guy he knows is not right for her versus the, the good guy kind of deal. And he, this is the, this is the, he was friend zoned more than anyone I've ever seen in a movie. 
<laughs> if you buy into that terminology. Yeah. But so it, it's he's just in, madly in love with this woman and wants to get closer to her. And we learn more of her history. She's a Holocaust survivor. And the movie is like two and a half hours and barely a half hour is set in Auschwitz. And it's, I wish the whole movie was because that was where the movie really clicked for me. And Meryl Streep, it looked like she had lost weight. Her, her, she just looked, her eyes looked hollow. She, it was just really powerful watching those scenes. So, hmm. again, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I probably, I've never seen I probably it. won't watch it again. But well, I'm not in any hurry then. Uh, what Robert, was the big choice? You oh, you don't, you don't know the. <laughs> I don't even actual, remember. I know what it, I know what it means, but I don't know what the choice. Well, is. it was weird because it's it's like four seconds in the movie. Uh, they take her and her kids to the to the concentration camp. Spoilers for Sophie's <laughs> Choice. Sophie's yeah, Choice, really. 1982. And she, they're going to take one of the kids to the line for the gas right, chamber, yeah. and she can keep one. Oh, my God. And they're like... That is a real and Sophie's Choice. And they're just like, it's like you know, a gun to her head. It's like, which one? Right. And it's like, it's not... They don't lead up to it. It's not the big cl- emotional oh climax. Oh, my gosh. So it's just... It just happens. You're like, oh, oh what's happening? So it just... It happens so fast. And it's not, you know, it's not, they don't delve into it. It's not, you know. Yeah. So, it, uh, not what I expected. I thought the whole, I assumed the yeah. whole movie was about that. Because I'm picturing it as a big deal. Yeah, it is, <laughs> but it's not the whole thing. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's. So, who'd you pick? And why? <laughs> Tell me <laughs> off air, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, now I want to know, you know. But, but it also deals with, yeah, the. the she the, let the ugly one go. Having to. <laughs> compromise your morals in order to survive and is it worth living if you have to live it you know, right. knowing you've done these things and what you have to do and lie and steal and betray in order to survive is it even worth it uh, then I watched Nashville from 1975 the Robert Altman movie uh, 24 main characters in this movie and it's Sounds like Voltron. It, <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. If the DC fans would love it. That's um, right. It was, Seth, you're going to hate it. Well, I like Altman. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a comedy. It's goofy. But I was so impressed with the way he told the story. It's it's over, I think, maybe a week in Nashville. And it's, it's like clockwork. The way he works people in. Two people show up at the airport, and there are reporters there talking about this. And then you follow this guy. They go to a diner, and there's a waitress working there, and she she you know waits on the guy who was at the airport earlier. Like they 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 all interact with each other in crazy intricate ways, but it also feels very improvisational. It's like they're making up half the dialogue. So it's it's super precisely structured, but also really loose and goofy and funny. I uh, had. Ned Beatty, Karen Black, Keith Carradine, Shelley Duvall, Henry Gibson, Lily Tomlin, and what might be my next, my new one job pick for Jeff Goldblum. He is amazing in this movie. He doesn't have a line of dialogue, but he rides around on a giant motorcycle with the really tall, mm-hmm. like, uh, handlebars. What, call them movie? a gor- uh, are they gorilla hangers or something? What are they I called? I don't remember something what like- they're called, but it's like the, uh, uh, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Ride. Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Yeah. The very chopper. And it's like two wheels. It's like a three wheeler. There's two wheels on the back and this like 15 foot long wheel yeah. in the front that's you know crazy. And he just has a big floppy hat and like a vest in this 70s. I get up and he just is grinning 
every he just drives to the scene and he's just he's just being all Jeff Goldblum. It's like I want to follow this. I want a whole movie about this guy. He's well, amazing. just to not lose that thread, I want I want to, I want to jump. Actually, to lose that thread, I'm going to take away from that. And <laughs> I don't say, know where the thread was going. Yeah, well, well, your thread is your list here. But I'm going to say about Jeff Goldblum. I was telling you guys messaging that I watched for the first time ever uh, Buckaroo Bondi this past week, and I did. You know, I'd heard about it, but never watched it. Didn't know what I was getting into, and it was fine. I mean, I see the the lore to it, but the major flaw. <laughs> is that Jeff Goldblum should have been Buckaroo Banzai, not Peter Weller. And then I would be all in on that movie. Yeah, he was not as well-known at that point, or he, he could have stolen. Yes. Uh, then City of Lost Children, 1995. You know anything about this no. one? No. This was the movie, probably the... the this was I, on the top 100 yeah. essential movies. Yeah, I I knew very little about it. I said that World War II movie is the one I knew nothing about. This one I, I knew a tiny bit. It's it's a French movie, but it stars Ron Perlman as a circus sideshow strongman. And he has to help protect these. There's a the city full of orphan pickpockets. So Ron Perlman speaks French throughout. And I'm sure his French is terrible, but he's playing this big, dumb strongman. So it's, mo- you know, if he was speaking English, it'd be like, me try, me work hard. So, like, mm-hmm. I, if his French is super choppy, it's meant to be. They, they, they were right. that. But um, it had a very uh, Terry Gilliam sort of feel to it, mm. or Guillermo del Toro. It was very much a dream sequences, and there were Siamese twins and a brain in a jar and, like, crazy clones. Contraptions. Yeah, and, and things, it was I'm all sure. very practical effects. And just, like, it was a weird just head trip, which, yeah, again, I knew very little about it, but I'm glad I watched it. Uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I watched that also because you said you were... Humphrey Bogart, Western, directed by John Huston. Uh, cast his dad, Walter Huston, as old-timey gold prospector. So it's basically... Who that was the that was the best guy in the movie. Was the, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll get the gold. Yeah, when he started dancing on uh, the prospector, I was like, "This is where that comes from." Obviously, <laughs> wherever you see the dancing prospector. Also, the famous "We don't need those thinking badges." Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, you know, it's these dirt poor guys have to uh, they go gold prospecting, and we see what happens. You know, wealth and paranoia and greed can destroy people. And it was one of the first Hollywood movies to be shot on location outside of the U.S. So a lot of it was actually shot in Mexico. And I was kind of stunned. A lot of the, the Mexican characters in the movie spoke Spanish. Because most Westerns, whether they're Native American or Mexican, they all speak English. Because mm-hmm. it was just easier back then. We didn't do subtitles or anything. But it was I was kind of amazed the movie from 1948. Probably a fourth of it was in Spanish, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't a ton of fun, though. I didn't have a lot of fun. No. I, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Bogey. I, I, t- I, t- I was like, I thought I'd try this. I rented Casablanca. I told you I haven't watched it yet. But, you know, I, w- I was watching this movie, and I'm, I was like, this is not fun. And it, I mean, I get, it felt like, I mean, yes, all these other movies have been based on things like this. So it seems like such a simple message you've learned in a million other movies. But the fun, most fun part, though, was when the old guy went and 
you know, they were treating him like a king because he saved the kid's life. And they were like, these pretty Mexican girls are rolling him cigarettes and let, letting him lick salt off of them before he's drinking tequila. They even were handing him tiny pigs. Like, I was hey, like, here's a pig for your troubles. I was like, I don't know why they would do that. They hand him a pig while he's in the hammock. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I said probably the first body shot ever filmed yeah. <laughs> in black and white. Definitely. Uh, the next one, 12 Years a Slave. Mm. The true story of Solomon Northup, the man who was kind of shanghaied and, and sold into slavery, who was a free man from the north. Uh, I had seen this one once before and remember liking it, but I, it it's good. It's there's yeah, there's a lot of movies that deal with this subject. I need there's to watch a lot it of period again. pieces. Because I would have said the same thing. I, I watched it once and I liked it, but I don't feel this yearning to revisit it. But. It has a huge all star cast. This is what made Chiwetel edgy for a household name that people can actually pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget <laughs> the Peter Nyong'o. And again, lots of <laughs> lots of superheroes: Benedict Cumberbatch, Michael Fassbender, Paul Dano, Lupita Nyong'o. Sarah Paulson, Brad Pitt. Again, this was this was Lupita Nyong'o's first big, probably first only only big definitely words, her, first her, role. Her coming out party. She and was. she, you can just see it. She, there's something about her. She just stands out like Jeff Goldblum. Just stands yeah, stands yeah. out on camera, and she's tiny. She looks like she weighs seventy pounds and just frail. And just, but just there's some kind of power. She mm-hmm. she is excellent in this movie, and it just. It really worked for me this second time thinking about, you know, this. I'm sure this was in the forefront of their minds making it. But just, you know, this guy, he's innocent. He does not deserve this at all. But he just gets swallowed up by the justice system. And, you know, how many people even today who have no money, have no voice, have no power, just get swallowed and just lost in the system and destroyed. Their lives get destroyed in an instant through you know no fault of their own and it just deals it deals with you know slavery in a very honest way it's not cutesy it's not fun it shows the brutality yes and we've seen that in a lot of movies but it's also kind of the everyday indignity they had to go through not being able to use your name having to sneak a piece of paper and if they knew you could write they would kill you you know like just the 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 just the what you had to go not even the whipping and the and the labor but just the dehumanization of it all and it just it just ugh, it's again it's a struggle to get through but a very powerful film yeah it was best picture right uh, I believe yeah. so oh, yeah one yeah and then I finished up I don't know how left turn right turn sound of music. My first time watching this, I'm sure I've seen pieces of it before. Yeah, I told you uh, that was on all the time at my house. My <laughs> mom loves one of her favorite favorite movies, and I'm I, I was this past week I was looking uh, Dish Network, and they'll automatically record prime time on the main channels, and it recorded Sound of Music. So I was like, I know Jordan was watching this, so I'll throw it on, and I came over work and watched the whole thing. <laughs> I think on network it's probably about five hours. Oh my gosh, yeah. Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. music by Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, I again, having never seen it, I knew every song in it. Yeah, a very famous choreography and costumes <laughs> and and feel to it. As a musical fan, this is yeah, top it's great. Of your list. Yeah, 
I think I first learned about this movie through uh, another movie. <laughs> 1983's okay. Oh, okay. Vacation. National Lampoon's <laughs> Vacation. No, it was European. I'm sorry, 85. Yeah, it was a European Vacation. Yeah. The hills were alive with the sound of Griswold. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I knew the story. I knew it was set in Austria, and it was at the you know right before World War II. And but it, it's it was such a weird turn because they mention politics a little bit and yeah. what might be happening, and we need to look at. But they're trying to live in their own little world apart from all the you know the European conflicts and stuff. And then they do the whole movie basically. There's just a few mentions of that. There's a huge emotional payoff. You know, she's she admits her love. He admits his love. They're gonna get married. And it's the music swells, and then there's a half hour of Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I get that it might add something to it, but I don't know. I don't know that it even needed that. Yeah, did but it, did the, it need the, the grounding the whole, in reality. It, it. I don't know if it needed it, but it's there's some a, some great stuff in that last half hour. I mean. Those songs, that soundtrack is oh just freaking it's great. Andrews it's great, especially when you grew up with it playing in the house all the time. So it's like it really gets you. I sat down, I was like, oh, this is not going to hold up. I, I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, it's got some some stuff. It's got some problems here and there. But when he comes in and they're singing the sound of music to his fiance, and Christopher Plummer's just been a hard ass so far in the movie, but he comes in and it's just. There has been no music in the house. The Von Trapp children don't play. They That's march. Right. And when he came, came in the house and just is caught up in it and starts singing, I mean, it just like brought a tear to my eye. I was just like, this is so good. And then Edelweiss, at that final Edelweiss singing to the Austrian crowd, you know, trying to say, you know, don't be caught up in this Nazi stuff as they're getting ready to escape. You know, it's great. That stuff is great. <laughs> You want to talk about rule in the box office? That was in 1964? Five. 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 Poppins was 64. Yeah, Poppins was 64. And then we she, popping, she, y'all. <laughs> she comes out in 65 with that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One job. Pick. Oh, oh you know. On. His number one movie <laughs> come ever. Come on. Please. Yeah. All right, it so ain't the Princess Diaries. <laughs> Again, kind of an odd mixture of movies from every era and genre, but... I am 10 closer now. I've got nine more to go, and we're going to scratch the whole poster off. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's get to it. We're going to let you know up front here. We're getting ready to spoil a movie. We talked about it a little last week. It's uh, Spider-Verse. There's a colon in there. Spider-Man colon into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? 
I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're gonna be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. And I kind of raved about it a little bit. These guys went and saw it. We're getting ready to talk about it. We're not going to worry about spoiling anything. So if you haven't seen it, you're going to want to check out and go see it. So what happened was... But Michael and I had been talking about Voltron, right? Right. This particular Tuesday. We got to bring it all back to Voltron. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talking about best Marvel movie yeah. animated. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's exactly, you know, it inspired us. <clears throat> so anyways, Michael and I are texting back and forth about Voltron there Tuesday. And while we're at work and and uh, I was at work he was not at work that particular day he was en route to uh, pick up uh, the middle child from, at the airport for Christmas and so anyways I get home from work and I get this text and Michael's like uh, hey I want to abandon my family and go to the movies yeah pretty much I haven't seen him in a I, while I just got back from Columbus <laughs> hey have you seen the Spider-Man movie and I was like nope Seth raved about it but nope and he's like, "Well, I don't have I don't have any other time to go see it." And I was like, "Okay, it's five dollar movie night, Marietta." I was like, "Sure, no problem." I said, "I'll I'll be there. I'll meet you at nine twenty for a nine forty for a nine forty showing." I walk in about nine thirty. It's like, "Hey, there's Cliff in yeah. the lobby." I was like, "Jordan's here." And, oh, cool. And Michael must have. Michael said, "Hey, did you talk to Mike?" Or you said, "Hey, did you talk to Michael?" I said, "Nope." <laughs> like, I'm just here. I didn't know you guys were coming. <laughs> and then Bucky walked in. <laughs> Whatever. I call foul. There's no way. Happy accident. So about 9.35, late as 6, even. 7, 8, so on. We didn't miss any previews. Michael got there, and uh, we, we, we picked out our row, and uh, we watched it. Yeah, we picked the Seth row. Yep. Cliff had a box of candy. Big he was box. shaking on purpose. Yep. That was a word. Drink. And then the the warning came up ahead of time. It says, turn off your phones, right. silence, everything. And I imagined Seth's face showing up like Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. And yes. just like laughing at us like, no popcorn. He <laughs> has like a giant disembodied head. Good. I'm glad I've, like a near worm, I have gotten in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I watched it again this week. I told you guys, yeah, I saw it again. I took my son. As we speak, he is watching it for the second time with a bunch of people from work. He 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 loved it. Yeah, and I'm not gonna like this. I'm not gonna trash it. Um, yeah, the, the elephant in the room is Cliff didn't like it. I no, that's not true. But you like when you said you even warned us. Because you said something was wrong with it. Yeah. Um, it no, was well, let, me get, let me follow up on that. I did. I saw it the second time. And yes, there is a thing they're doing, blurring and things. But the first time I watched it was way worse. Like there was something wrong with it the first time. And this was much more subtle 
compared to the first time I saw it. So I thought, feel like I watched it right the second time. But yes, there is a blurring they're doing. Like if you just the like animation a, style, just like in real life, if you focus on your hand, Jordan in the background is going to blur, and that's what they're trying to do. They're doing a comic book thing. They're everything is supposed to be comic booky. They've got the my comic books are not blurry. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to go like Scott McCloud, you know, breaking down the thing when you go from panel to panel, there's right. a thing called a gutter, and in your brain. You know, in panel one, he lifts his arm up. In panel two, something is smashed. So in your brain, in that leap between panels, you're 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 creating it on your own. So yes. there's always a visual gulf between panel A and B. We're not saying it's perfect. That's the that that they should have necessarily done that. They should not have done that. I hated it. The story was fine. I told you guys that. I said, but it, the story was not fine. It was fine. <laughs> it was not Voltron. Oh my gosh! Um, but the animation did it. I'm just as a warning. It took me out of it. Like it took me completely out of the picture. So yeah, it is not a Pixar movie. It is not a. Well, I mentioned to you guys. I said, you know, I've seen that. I've, I've seen that style of a- animation attempted before successfully with a little movie called or a short film called Feast, where. But it's not blurry. It's the same type of animation. It looks the same, mm. but it has no blur to it at all. And that was my really. That's my only gripe. It, it, it was just that I, it took me out of the experience. I didn't mind it. Uh, I could I see guess, somebody not like it. I'm yeah, not saying you're wrong. Is, I totally. It's a legitimate gripe. If it didn't work for that, didn't work yeah, for you. It wasn't the story. It wasn't any of the voice actors. Anything like that. It was specifically that choice that did it for me so yeah definitely cliff is the biggest fan of like traditional animation sure he has the longest history of you know all these classic disney movies and stuff so you you've seen more animated movies than probably us put together but i i my hope is like a lot of things they see the success of this we need to make every movie look like this no don't do that it worked for this story for these characters for this movie i don't want to see it elsewhere a Batman movie does not need to look like this. <laughs> I thought, aside from, I mean, even I didn't love all the blur stuff, but I thought this movie was gorgeous. The last half hour is mm-hmm. phenomenal looking to me. It's so psychedelic color explosions and the all the art is just amazing. It's incredible. I I love 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 that, and I I love the story. I I what a coming out party second time I guess for Miles Morales. This is going to put him on the map, you know. And I didn't know his story, so it was kind of an extra thing for me. I didn't know the different powers he would have and things like that. And he he always will be the other Spider Man, obviously, because. Yeah. Peter's had a 50-year head start. But, yes, this puts Miles in in everyone's radar. He, he is now an A-list Marvel star. Right. Uh, that The same way Rocket and Groot, you know, they were like oddballs, but now everyone yeah. knows who oh, they, they are. Oh, they won't be able to get rid of him now. Like, yeah. they'll, ha- they'll have to continue his story. And, and that's cool, because we've had a lot of Spider-Man movies. So I was fine with focusing on a different character 
and the, the, like all the music cues, yeah. all the visual effects, the, the the technology they use with cell phones and the tagging and artwork, like it was all skewed younger and skewed urban. And it, this was not Peter Parker's movie. This was Miles's movie. Right. So yeah. cool. Go for it. Yeah, I I liked the multiverse stuff. I didn't. I had not been reading the comics about that, so I didn't know about about it. I thought it was simple to follow. You said it got a little convoluted in the comics, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and so, but I it worked for me. I I honestly had not watched enough of the trailers to know that we were going to have like the noir Nick Cage Spider Man or the anime one or, or any. I mean, I'd seen Spider Ham, but. You know, and that I thought that worked. It was just enough. It there wasn't too much. Like, you know, that could have got old. The <laughs> Spider, you know, um, I don't know. I I loved it. I liked. Yeah, the plot. A lot of these, like a lot of superhero movies, the plot is just a way to get the characters together and do this. Right. That, but yeah, it really sold me on the the emotional impact. You know, I didn't know that I'd feel that way you know when the original peter his fate is reached and it's like wow and then seeing all the people come out at the memorial and mj and aunt may and it's like i'm having feelings oh yeah so yeah the the time or the multiverse jumping and you know the gizmo what he, he called doohickey whatever he has to plug in that stuff's just dressing i don't get hung up on those those aspects of it but it did the emotions right and it got the characters right so everything else is gravy to me right we didn't even really have our peter parker in the movie i was like <laughs> and what i guess in miles world peter parker is perfect or was perfect the you know chris pine i, I didn't know he was in it i didn't write i was like that's not Jake Johnson. Yeah, when it first started, I yeah. thought, is he doing something funny with his voice? Yeah, I was like, that is definitely not Jake Johnson, which Jake Johnson was hired to be Deadpool light. You know, I mean, that's a, a clean Deadpool. That's He's a Ryan Reynolds type, you know. And yes, Nick Miller from New Girl is one of my favorite sitcom characters oh, of all time. So good. He is amazing in that show. And Peter Parker is one of my favorite comic characters of all time. And I didn't think, ah, I don't know that he works for this, but... For the version they did, he was perfect. Exactly. And, of course, we had our Stan Lee show up. And the first thing he says before you even really see him is, I miss him already because Spider-Man had just died. And I was like, oh, that cut me so deep. I was like, I know you couldn't have planned that. but And it just was a happy accident, an unhappy accident that that happened right after he died. And I was like, oh, that hurt. And, and, and then when they're all standing out there, Everybody's got their Spider-Man masks and things, and you know, and like, oh, I love that. That you know, it's like it's like they're you're being the one talked to. You know, I felt like that was a great message, like using this multiverse thing to say, you know, who's maybe in this multiverse? I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no other one in this real one. <laughs> you know, anyone can wear the mask, right? The... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you like this, fanboys. I hate to break it to you, but this is the last Jedi. <laughs> Anybody can be the, the one. Past must die. Yeah, any you know, you are going getting uh, your the past hero training you, and anybody can be Spider Man. Anybody can be the 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 Jedi. So, so the scene with the diner with the burger was kind of like the scene with the milk. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. No, but yeah, the Stan cameo that that's probably the best one ever because it perfectly captured his like aw shucks 
go get him, Tiger. And then it also had a cut of like he's also kind of a huckster. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all sales are final. Like it had the oh, yeah. perfect oh, Stanley yeah. dichotomy of, grand, of yeah. yin and yang and good and evil. Yeah. And the I liked how they used the spidey sense thing to recognize each other and be like that just felt like a a nerd thing, almost like a you see someone, oh you got a t shirt on or something. You're like me. You know, type thing. You know, connecting all of us Jessies out there, you know. I try to get Cliff back on board by, speaking of The Last Jedi, it's also kind of like Up from Pixar. <laughs> the kingpin is Carl from Up. Yeah. <laughs> we got that wordless oh, yeah, kind yeah. of uh, yeah. origin story. Made me cry, just yeah. like Cliff does in Up. Yeah. You guys are full of it. Vanessa. And and he you built, need to watch more animated movies. He built a machine... It's just like putting balloons on your house. <laughs> nice you, try. I got to get you on board with this, Cliff. It, I freaking true. loved the movie. I loved it. That sequence that I sent you guys where they, I don't know, even know the song, but the What's Up Danger, they keep saying, and where he takes his leap of faith finally and was wonderful. Like, it, it was, the animation is so good in that scene, and colorful and he's finally got his you know outfit and he goes up and takes that leap of faith and it's the shot of the year for me that upside down slow motion floating up into the city is so awesome he jumps away from the glass and it pulls the glass you know because he doesn't have that perfected you know breaks the glass and then the score mixed in with that song is gorgeous it's just so good. He's whipping through town because he's, you know, it's not that he just suddenly knows how to do it. You know, he was being trained and things and everything. Led, he was at his lowest point. I mean, that's what, when he had to take this leap, all his friends had just left him and basically given up on him. You know, his his uncles died. His, his you know, everything's gone against this guy. And he's finally taken this leap of faith. I thought the story was great. And I love that... You know, like I said, there was animation things I didn't like, but towards the end, it just gets, it's an explosion of gorgeous animation. And I don't know, I was, I was really caught up in it both times I saw it. And I, I, and I wasn't, the style of the animation didn't bother me as much because it was so well lived in. I don't know how to describe the, like, again, like saying he puts on the, the costume. Store bought costume, yeah. and it looks like a little kid. It doesn't quite fit. He's kind of lanky. The the the, you know, the sleeves you know don't cover his arms, and just the look, the way clothes flowed, the way everyone moved, everything had a weight to it, or a, or a, you know the physics all seemed right. Like when they thwipped and had to pull down yeah. and spring back up, like everything seems so well because you know 2D animation, everything just kind of flows. Everything yeah. is very fluid. And I, I don't have the language to describe, you know, animation styles and things. But right. and 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 a lot of Pixar or or computer animation, there's a little uncanny valley. There's a little thing they're trying to get a depth to it or whatever, and you get kind of a weird movement. But I just I loved everything. There's a split second of the scene. They're coming out of the the laboratory, and Peter swings through the door, and the door's closing. And Miles like does a double step and like goes through the door sideways, mm-hmm. and I was just like, that was amazing. No, I don't know any cartoon that would go to those pains to show 
how you would have to sneak through a door sideways to I, I, it was right. just it was no part of the movie at all but I just marveled at it of just like what an amazingly realistic thing to show how how right. people actually move in real life yeah and I and I like that he's not the character he's not a super scientist smart guy like every other character in every <laughs> movie you know he's he doesn't even I mean to prove that I like he he's stealing the computer and you know Jake Johnson comes out hey got some good news don't need the monitor <laughs> it's just like oh yeah you don't need the monitor I, I love that and also I love one of the best moments is the the bagel they steal a bagel they're like you hear so they all the sudden just whip out this guns you hear one of them, oh he took a bagel and they throw it and hit someone with the bagel and it literally says bagel in the air that's that's the sound that makes is bagel just all those touches and yeah i think kids are gonna love it they're gonna get excited by it they they have short attention spans they're gonna be they're when gonna be this comes it. out on video and uh, if it hits netflix or anything that's when it's gonna explode uh it just didn't it didn't around here uh, i mean i don't know how many people in your theater when i watched it here there was basically no one in there and i was pretty upset and it's like you only had a few days before it's not on the big screen anymore because there's so many movies coming yeah, out now. It was now. still in the big theater. I think yeah. there were maybe 10 people. Yeah, it was in the big theater for five days. That's it. So, it didn't... Yeah, I think comic fans will love it. I think kids will love it. Uh, your mileage may vary. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> not everything is for everybody. So, specific, you know, this is not Cliff's thing. This is so my thing. I loved it, and I'm not an animation person i guess when i got in the nitty-gritty looking at it like i said i like toy story incredibles you know that kind of stuff and other than that i did you know don't love a lot of animation but this is way up on my list and it's winning like i've seen like, you know some film critic society called it you know that was their best pick of the year yeah. like it's getting it's going to be on top 10 lists it's getting year. a lot of recognition i guarantee you yeah critics are not going to forget this movie when they come out with top 10 lists all right. So, any Easter eggs you appreciated? There was a ton, but I'm not I'm versed enough to have caught them all. Um, lots of Kirby crackle. Yeah. The very famous way Jack Kirby would draw mystical or cosmic things with the black dots. We had Kirby crackle through Everywhere. the whole movie. Um, toward the end, when it was getting all psychedelic, I kind of I thought of Doctor Strange, yeah. where the buildings kind of fold in each mm -hmm. other, and apparently in the first draft he was supposed to be in it. Yeah, that's true. He was going to show up at the end and help solve things, but that didn't work out. Um, I saw several. My favorite, when he goes into the Prowler or his uncle Aaron's apartment for the first time, you see Donald Glover on the TV for a second. Yeah. Which Donald Glover played the Prowler in Spider-Man Homecoming. But more importantly, uh, he was kind of the impetus for the creation of Miles Morales because when they were casting The Amazing Spider-Man years back... There was a big hashtag going around, you know, Donald for Spider-Man. Right. And people, he just kind of facetiously was like, yeah, I want to be Spider-Man. And it gained traction. And people were like, yes, he would be an amazing Spider-Man. And it got Brian Bendis to think, wow, a, a, a lower class character that lives with his aunt in Queens. If he was created today, he wouldn't be a white kid. And so, you know, Donald Glover was integral to the creation of Miles Morales. So in the corner of the room on the screen... It was the scene from Community where Donald Glover's wearing his Spider-Man pajamas when he gets out of bed. Mm. So I, I very much like that. Uh, every phone they showed had had Bendis and oh, yeah. Ditko Sarah and Slot Pacelli. Yeah. It had all the names in the phones. 
I saw Ramita's Ramen was a restaurant. Yeah. Named for John Ramita. Uh, John Mulaney, who voiced Spider Ham. They had his Oh, oh Hello. Yeah. The Broadway stuff. thing yeah, he does yeah, with yeah, Nick yeah, Crawl. They had, yeah. it was like Hi, Hello yeah. or something like that. They gave him one. Uh, the guys. The, the guys who wrote this movie also did Clone High on MTV and there was apparently a billboard there was like Clone College or something mm. like that was a very cult uh, animated show for the day and then the sequel to Shaun of the Dead yeah from dusk till Shaun <laughs> which is the be- that's the best concept I have ever he was heard a zombie life. he looked like a he was, it was uh, what's his name Simon Pegg. Yeah, but he wasn't like kind of zombified. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. yeah, I just caught it for a split second. I was like, "That's amazing! I want to live in that world." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, all the memes: Spider-Man sitting at the desk with the picture of Spider-Man behind him. Yeah. Uh, the Spider-Man '67 memes we've seen: the dancing Spider-Man, the GIF. You know. Yeah. So just any post- any image of Spider-Man, the upside down kiss. Holding the train cart. Yeah, we, we they got paid every, homage to yeah, that stuff, to the Sam Raimi stuff. So Amazing Fantasy fifteen swinging through. Right. Yeah, so... Oh, the, but that's what I was going to say. One of the best things I loved slapping down those comic book covers. Just, like, such a touch. You know, just... And, and then, like, it was a great way to tell their stories, you know, when they introduced the new characters. I loved, loved that. Oh, so good. Yeah, the post-credits, yeah, with uh, Miguel O'Hara... Oscar Isaac doing the voice. Um, oh, is that who that was? Yeah, okay. and I, and I collected Spider-Man twenty nine and nine back in the early nineties. I think it was when it came out, and so you know I don't know if they're going to go anywhere with that, but I thought that was cute and using the gift from the sixty seven cartoon. And I stuff. want a whole movie of just yeah him in nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. So uh, even after all your hype. I still had that in the back of my head. Like, there's no way it's that. Yeah, good. I knew. I, it's I, still I, just a cartoon. Well, when it's I walked still... in the when I walked in the theater with Nick before he finished, I said, I said, uh, he's like, I was like, I'm thanks for coming. You know, I'm glad you wanted to come. He's like, he's like, well, I, I probably wouldn't have seen it. He's like, so you did get me here to see it. And like I said, he's watching it again right now. But he's a, he's like, but I got to tell you, you probably overdid it he's like there's no way that i'm gonna like it as much as you said i i was like well nick i knew that and i i knew that sometimes i can be hyperbolic and say this is the greatest whatever i was like but i meant every word and i couldn't stop myself because i liked it that much and when we were done he loved it so that was satisfying i was like at least one person that you know wasn't disappointed by my hyperbole but anything that's not pixar is still any animated thing is still kind of in a ghetto. It has to work harder to get right. recognized yeah. and make a budget. And the same way all the DC movies that come out on DVD, they people buzz about them, they love them, and I'm never in a hurry to see them. I get to it when I get to it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had the same feeling about this movie. You know, I'm going to go to see Aquaman in the theater. Not because I love Aquaman, but because, oh, that's a that's a DC movie. i got to see that. And I didn't feel that way. Again, Spider-Man is my favorite character. And I wasn't like, oh, great, a new Spider-Man movie. And that's my fault, partly, because I was underestimating what they could do. And I was pleasantly surprised. So, highest recommendation, if you've listened to this spoiler film yeah. <laughs> review and haven't seen it yet, get out there. All right, guys. This was supposed to be a quick one. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. How'd we do? Right now we are at two hours <laughs> oh and eight God. minutes. Wow. Let's cut that into like three parts. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it, it, we're calling it Jukebox Bissling. 
<laughs> there. Stamp. Or oh. Segway. Uh, S dash E dash G dash. It's got to be Jukebox Bisling. That would be like, what? Jukebox Bisling. Okay, thank you for sticking around with us. We hope you enjoy this. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow.com. Not even That's close. Not the <laughs> that is not That's it. Lowwords.wordpress.com. <laughs> so long, farewell, I'll feature saying goodnight. Kapow, the pop culture podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.